You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Inside Out. So, how was the first day of school? It was fine, I guess. I don't know. Do you ever look at someone and wonder, what is going on inside their head? Did you guys pick up on that? Sure Mm -hmm. did. Something's wrong. We're going to find out what's happening, but we'll need support. Signal the husband. With a nice pass over the reef, comes across center ice. Uh-oh, she's looking at us. What did she say? What? Oh, oh, sorry, sir. No one was listening. Is it garbage night? Uh, we left the toilet seat up. What? What is it, woman? What? Signal him again. Ah, so, Riley, how was school? Oh, you gotta be kidding me. For this, we gave up that Brazilian helicopter pilot? School was great, all right? What was that? I thought you said we were gonna act casual. Riley, is everything okay? <sighs> Sir, she just rolled her eyes at us. All right, make a show of force. I don't wanna have to put the foot down. No, not the foot. Riley, I do not like this new attitude. Oh, I'll show you attitude, old no, man. No, 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 breathe. What is your problem? Just leave me alone. Sir, reporting high levels of sass. Take it to DEFCON 2. DEFCON 2! I don't know where this disrespectful attitude came from. You want a piece of this, Pops? Yeah, well, look. Prepare the foot. Keys to safety position. Ready to launch on your command, sir. Just shut up! Fire! That's it. Go to your room. The foot is down. The foot is down. Good job, gentlemen. That could have been a disaster. Well, that was a disaster. Come, fly with me, Gachinha. All right, everyone, you were just listening to the trailer for Inside Out, and the story is as follows. Riley is a happy, hockey-loving 11-year-old Midwestern girl, but her world turns upside down when she and her parents move to San Francisco. Riley's emotions, led by Joy, try to guide her through this difficult, life-changing event. However, the stress of the move brings sadness to the forefront. When Joy and sadness are inadvertently swept into the far reaches of Riley's mind, the only emotions left in headquarters are anger, Anger, fear, and disgust. The film is starring Amy Poehler, Phyllis Smith, Richard Kind, Lewis Black, Bill Hader, Mindy Kaling, Caitlin Dyes, Diane Lane, Kyle McLaughlin. It is written and directed by Pete Doctor, co-written by Meg LeFave and Josh Cooley. Join me for this 2015 special podcast Patreon review, part of our 2015 retrospective here at NextBestPicture.com. I have Casey Lee Clark. Hello. Josh Parm. Hello, hello. Dan Bayer. Who's your friend who loves to play? Tom O'Brien. Can't beat that. Hi, everybody. And also joining us for the first time here on the podcast, Patreon contributor, listener, and supporter all around, we have Ryan Feskovix. Hello, everyone. All right, Ryan, welcome to the show. We're happy to have you here today. Uh, You are obviously... First timer here on the show. Uh, we're going to give our thoughts. We're going to talk about this movie in great detail. We're going to make sure that our Patreon listeners get their money's worth with this one here today. Uh, but there's a lot to talk about with Inside Out. So I don't feel like we're going to have to stretch on this one all that much. This review is coinciding with the release of Toy Story 4. Uh, it is uh, directed, as I said before, by Pete Doctor, who is actually now head 
of Pixar Studios at the moment. And uh, his latest film uh, actually just got announced recently. Uh, he's going to be directing the movie Soul, which we don't know much about at this time. But he's got a great track record so far within the company. And Inside Out was just yet another example of that amazing track record. So enough from me there. The setup is there. Let's hear from all of you. Ryan, what do you ultimately think of Inside Out? I am a huge fan of this movie. I saw the movie six times in theaters when it came Wait, out. Wait, what? Yeah. Wow. So I, I worked at a movie theater at the time. Oh, okay. That explains <laughs> it. <laughs> the thing was, at the time when I was working there, you could only bring one person with you. So I had to see it over and over again, but I couldn't stop seeing it because mm. it was so it was I was so engaged. One might say your emotions were engaged while yeah. watching Inside Out. Oh, they were engaged and they were I felt all five emotions during the movie. Mostly sad. You watched though. it so many times that you saw it from the inside out. <laughs> uh, really gorgeous. That was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, I'm very, very happy to hear of it. There's enthusiasm for this movie. And yeah, you know, there's a lot of people in my life I would like to show this film to. So I would not be surprised if I uh, showed it to a couple of people and it resulted in, say, six times viewing. Uh, for me, this has only been the second time that I've seen Inside Out since its theatrical release in 2015. So definitely don't have the numbers that you have there, Ryan, mm -hmm. but I'm happy to have your perspective here for this review. Casey Lee Clark, you are a known large fan of this movie as well. What do you think, though, for Inside Out? I think the big thing of why I love Inside Out is context to where I was in my life when I first saw it. It came out summer 2015, and that was the summer after my freshman year of college. And I won't get too into details, but I, I had a very rough freshman year. I was incredibly depressed, really homesick, just, I would probably say in the worst place of my life. And I was home for the summer and kind of trying to piece myself back together. And I saw this and I just went into it. I barely even like kept up on what it was about or much or like following trailers. I wasn't necessarily that excited. I wasn't that excited about anything really at that point. Um, and I immediately, as soon as it started, it just like, I realized it was so special and I clicked into the world of it and it by the end of it I was weeping and I just think that it was so important for me at that time to see something that was basically like it's okay to be sad and that it's okay to feel happiness and sadness at the same time and like it I think not in a way it in a way helped bring joy back into my life and I it just, it meant so much to me at that time. And then just seeing it over and over again, I've continued to love it and find so many wonderful little things about it. And then this rewatch, I hadn't seen it for a couple of years. And I think it like almost impacted me even more this time because I'm in a really great place in my life. And so to look at these feelings and go, oh, I don't feel like that any as much anymore. And it was almost like this like emotional experience of like, oh, it gets better. And just, yeah, it, it means so much to me. And it's my favorite Pixar movie. And I, I love a lot of things about it. I love the color scheme. I love the voice cast. Um, but yeah, that's a, it's, a, it's an important one for me, I would say. That's one of the enduring powers of this film is that I feel that if you view it at different times in your life, you can experience 
different feelings from it, uh, either from Riley's perspective or uh, when you're older and you've gone through more of life's experiences or even when you become a parent. Um, I think that there is definitely a lot to find in this. Tom, what about you? I think this movie's extraordinary, Matt. I, 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 like you, only watched it for the second time last night. And I had so... I agree with with Casey in that it's my favorite Pixar movie too. Oh wow! Yeah, it's wow. It's, there is something it engages the emotions the way all of the great Pixar films do, literally and figuratively. Yes, yes. But it also engages your intellect. I mean, I think back to the first ten minutes of the show, the film, and it's very, it's very technical. It's very neuropsychological. Uh, in in talking about how the brain works and how these five emotions uh, channel the various experiences that the uh, person who they are working with, um, you know, really go through, and it's it's so clear and it's so it's very complicated in theory and so clear in this. It's beautifully written by Pete Doctor and Meg LaFave and Josh Cooley. And I find myself wanting to see it again tomorrow and maybe a few days from now. It, it just really speaks to me just like it spoke to Casey. And um, I really treasure it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Dan Baer. Um, well, I agree with Casey that seeing it now versus when I saw it in its original release, I liked it a lot more this time. Um, and I find myself kind of surprised by that, honestly. Um, at the t- I remember at the time when it came out in 2015 and I saw it and, you know, it been getting all this buzz you know people were loving it and people were crying and just so moved by this movie and you know i had been wrecked by up i had been wrecked by toy story 3 so i was like you know you know what bring bring it bring it bring it on bring it to me if this movie wrecks me i'm here and i'm ready for it and it didn't mm. plot twist i think that's because of a lot of what Tom was saying about the beginning of the movie and how it's very, it's almost too intellectual for its own good. (laughs) (laughs) It's seemingly every five minutes, it it's explaining another concept or it's throwing something else new and exciting about this world at you. And I was so into that and how the, how in this film the brain works and thinking about how like applying that to myself and people I know and just life. And that was so that was the overpowering focus of the movie for me. And so much so that I couldn't really get involved emotionally in it, but seeing it for a second time, having all that stuff out of the way and just being able to enjoy it, and watch it for just what it is, knowing what's coming. I found myself getting a little teared up by the end. I did, um, and like I like I'm very happy to say that <laughs> because I I still think that scene for scene, 
line for line, this is one of the most creative and clever films I've ever seen. I, it's just overflowing with the stuff, and I, I, I was so happy that I liked it more this time around because, honestly, before it was like, it's good, I really like it, but the whole is a little bit less than the sum of its parts. And now I'm like, no, it, it absolutely meet, meets the sum of its parts. It's great. All right. Okay. It's amazing what time will do, right? Yeah. <laughs> Josh Parm. Okay. Um, oh, I don't like that. <laughs> Wait, what I. is going on here? <laughs> I just want to preface this. I feel like the stage is being set for something right now. <laughs> yeah, uh-oh. I want to preface what I'm about to say by saying I do like this movie. Okay. And there's a lot of stuff in here that I think is really well done. I think that this is in the top half of Pixar's stuff. It's very good. I do enjoy many aspects of this movie. I do think, though, that watching it again, and I liked it a little bit more this time than I did when I first saw it in 2015, but I still sort of feel like there are things about this movie that I like in concept, but not really so much in execution. And I think this film has a lot of really interesting ideas. Some of them really land, and some of them feel just a little bit half-baked to me. And because of that, it kind of keeps it from being in the like masterpiece area of Pixar movies for me. But I still think that it is a really solid movie. And I would agree with everybody saying that it's definitely creative. It's very inventive. I just sort of feel like some of the things that it does, it doesn't quite stick the landing on. But at the same time, I still think that it is a very well-made movie and certainly is something that is deserving of most of the praise that is lavished upon it. So I do really like the film. I think it's really good. But there are some issues that I do take with kind of the storytelling that kind of just keep it out of the like upper echelon of Pixar movies for me. I want to actually take that as a jumping off point here to ask you – and maybe get some uh, some other people's ideas on this. Do you think that the reason why some of those ideas feel half-baked half for you, Josh, is because they are trying to balance the intellectual uh, aspect that like adults will bring to this versus what a child can handle? I think a little bit is that. I think that there are sections of this movie that do suffer a little bit from a tonal problem where – it does seem very intellectual and very much inside the you know our heads as we process emotions, and I do like that. I also think it will skew a little bit into more like juvenile humor, and it didn't really ever work for me in this film. And I think the great strength of this movie is that it, it sticks the landing, and we'll talk about the ending eventually. Mm. And I think that because it does that so well, it leaves the audience with a really great feeling but I feel like the journey to get there is through some kind of uneven territory where, yeah, there's some things that are really interesting, but it doesn't really get totally across the finish line for me. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Anyone else have thoughts on that? Um, I, I, I will say that I think, um, I think some of the storytelling, it, it, it is uneven. I kind of agree with Josh. On that, um, I 
in, in terms of it balancing the adultness and the little kidness of it, um, and I think that some of the storytelling choices they make, some of the things that happen, while it's really um, interesting to adults who know better, I think that it's a little dangerous for younger kids. I, I think the ultimate message of the film is very, very strong and very important and very good. But a lot of the detours that it takes to get there, I, I, I think it'll, I think it flies over the heads of the youngest kids in a way that I don't think was intended. If that makes any sense. Hey everyone, sorry to interrupt, but this is a preview of our full review of the 2015 film Inside Out here on the Next Best Picture podcast. In order to get the full review, you will have to head on over to our Patreon page, type in Next Best Picture, and for $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content, including the rest of this over hour long review from us. We have been reviewing the 2015 calendar year with more Patreon-exclusive podcasts and other goodies as well, so be sure to subscribe to that channel. Remember, $1 minimum a month. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and you can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Thank you for listening to us, as always, and we shall see you all next time.